0: Before we get started with today's show, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For unique pre- and post-match edits, goal of the month polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. And special thanks to Matt for putting together our logo. And now, here's the show.
1: Dacia, Austin, все таки забил. with a stupid header and
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. My name is Matt Markstone, and no matter where you are, no matter uh, when you're listening or how you're listening, uh, I appreciate you making this show part of your day or part of your commute or part of your week, uh, h- however you do it. Um, and and I also appreciate you taking the time to share it with uh, with others. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't be more more thankful to to everybody who's who's been a part of the show, who has, has commented or uh, any, anything like that. Um, this is the tenth show, so this means two and a half months, and I don't know if that's a a special number or not. I think every episode I say, you know, this is a special episode because they are, because they all are so much fun for me to put out to, uh, so much fun for me to work on. Generally, I enjoy talking to everybody who comes, um, on the show. I hope you are enjoying listening to the show as much as I am enjoying, uh, you know, making them because, uh, I, I am truly, truly enjoying this whole experience. So, uh, on this episode, I had a chat with Mark Sanderson, author of the Bobby Stokes book. And, and you'll find out that he's, he's a lot more than, than just an author. I mean it's not what he does. He is not he does not sit at home and write books all day. Uh he has a wife, he has two kids, he has a, a day job and and this was kind of the uh the way that he could express himself and, and and get his creative energy out and he uh we talk about that at length uh during the interview. So when I talked to Mark um uh last last week we talked for about an hour and a half. And so even after editing and everything, it was still uh, a bit longer than any episode that we, than I had put out. My original idea for the show was that the show would be somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes every week. Um, and lately, it seems like, not lately, but it seems like all the episodes are creeping um, closer to the hour mark. So what I, I, I want to do, and what I've decided to do this week, is to break up the interview with Mark into two separate parts. So this week, episode 10 we will have um our conversation more focused around the book the writing of the book um and then what some other stuff that mark has going on um and then next week we will uh play part two of the interview where we will talk more about the club because it's more focused on you know actual um what's going on kind of on the pitch with the players uh and we'll talk about that stuff uh next week after the tottenham game we will also make sure we break down the Tottenham match, which obviously we didn't do this week because it hasn't happened yet. So uh, hopefully I can get another guest to come on for about 10 or 15 minutes and break down the Tottenham game. And then we'll play part two of the uh, the interview with, with Mark. And I hope that um, by breaking it up like that, I, didn't, uh, I don't destroy kind of the fluidity of the conversation or, uh, you know, hopefully it, it all comes across. And, you know, there's no uh, hopefully I've done a, a good job of editing is what I'm trying to say. And on another note, generally what happens is I record the interview, I edit the interview, I listen to the edited interview, and then I sit down on on Monday evening and record both the intro and the little conclusion to the to the thing. And then uh, Tuesday morning I I wake up and I just have to slide it all together and, and put it out. Um, but last night, Monday night, I was not I was not feeling well. Uh, I don't know what happened or or why, but I, I attempted to uh, do the intro and the conclusion. And uh, when I listened to it this morning, it just was terrible. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. And It was about eight and a half minutes each of, of just nothing. So we're getting rid of that. So uh, we're going to jump straight into the uh, conversation. And I, and I have to say that when I interviewed Mark, I was so excited that we kind of just started talking as soon as he answered the Skype call. And so there isn't the uh, the the cheesy, you know, welcome to the show. This is so. And for that, I apologize. So, uh, what, what's going to happen is when I when I play the interview with Mark, we're kind of going to just jump right in uh, to some questions. Know that I didn't start the interview that way, but we had been talking for about you know ten or fifteen minutes at this point, and uh, we just I just kind of forgot to uh, to introduce him. So, this is Mark Sanderson, um, author of the Bobby Stokes book, but also so much more than that. So, here's our conversation, and thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy it. You know, I was kind of hoping you'd be able to, or you'd be forced maybe to write a, a sequel, but it didn't didn't work out
1: that way. No, no, sadly not. I mean, uh, I think the thing is, if if I say say if we did win the cup, say if even James Ward-Prowse, who's from Portsmouth, scored the goal, and there was a bit of a hook there. Because obviously Bobby Stokes was a was a Pompey lad from the rival city, rival town, but it wouldn't be the same. It's totally different. I mean, if you Matthew, you're in the States, you're in California, but if you want to keep up with Saints, you can. There's a YouTube channel, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're even on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. They they tweet live during the games, you can see the goal, you're connected there. Every incident is is documented, whereas, well, even forget the 70s, even like the early 1990s, if you want to know about Saints, then you watch the local news, the sports bit, the two minutes at the end, or read the local newspaper, or there was this thing called Club Cool. He called up this uh, expensive premium number, where someone would talk very slowly and give you news about Saints. So, it's it's different now. I, th- I think it would be hard to it would be hard to write a book about Saints winning a trophy now. You'd have to take a totally different angle, maybe from someone someone else's perspective, like the kit man, but the guy who's got. You know, three houses and is a millionaire. I think it'd be difficult to write a a human side kind of story. The only kind of book you'd you'd have is some sort of nice, shiny, glossy kind of annual type thing that just had nice pictures and showed you all the different rounds of the competition. But I think it would be difficult to to write a similar kind of book because sports change and so sport has changed and, and life has changed it's a shame I suppose 40 years have gone by since we've since you have won a trophy you're
0: right there even besides the club the the players have you know kind of a lot of players have really put themselves out there on on social media and stuff like that you can see you know I mean I I know what Jose Font's kids look like because of Instagram you yes, know exactly, it, exactly. And...
1: I mean I mean uh, that's a good point there Matthew because one of the, the best things about the book, for me, writing the book, was meeting all these different people. And in many ways, it wasn't just Bobby Stokes. It was about the two cities, Portsmouth and Southampton. There was always this rumour that the day after the cup final, Bobby went back to Paulsgrove. You know, like a housing estate, you know, almost like the, the projects in the US in Portsmouth, to go to his local pub. You know, not like a nice gastro pub in London, like a bit of a rough and ready pub. But there was never any... Evidence of that. And then having spoken to his family, they had this old bin liner of photographs that had been in the loft for about 30 years. And they took out, and there there it was. You know, the, all these pictures of Bobby in in Poolsgrove, Portsmouth, the day after the final, the Saints had won. And all the people lying in the streets, forget the rivalry for that, for that day. They'd um, come s- sort of celebrate the local boys scoring that goal. Whereas if it was today you know it it would be out there it would be out there which is great on one hand but like you say you know, you know back in the 1970s if you said i know what uh the samson's captain's children look like you might be on the the register or something right right, it's right. Sort of okay
0: yeah it's it, it is crazy and you would have maybe that fight between the the mainstream media you know the big the kind of controlling the narrative and then you know what what the players may be posting on uh on instagram or twitter or, or you know what fans are taking pictures of you know when they when they see him around you know it would be exactly it would be completely I mean, uh,
1: different yeah i think it's been definitely tough for like the local newspapers you know when I was a kid it was like if saints were getting a new kit in the local newspaper there'd be like a, a poll which one do you want to vote for um they'd have a real influence but now they've probably been hit the hardest because saints like all football clubs or any sports teams they're like a, a media outlet themselves and so are fans you know a lot of Saints fans have got a huge following or maybe someone bumps into a player and flips out Snapchat or they do it someone did a Facebook live just as um, Jay Rodriguez was scoring a long-range goal uh, down at Bournemouth before Christmas uh, I thought it was pretty interesting because they had like 200 followers but that video within the space of 24 hours has been shared thousands of times. Yeah. So someone just off the street with an iPhone or a smartphone has more impact than the local newspaper. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's happening here in, in the U S as well. We have, you know, our local newspaper has, you know, they've shut down almost every branch and it's, it's down to, you know, uh, uh, just a couple dozen people and they're all just they all do so many different things and work so hard, and it's just like, man, you're just fighting an uphill battle, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, maybe someone should just maybe put these guys out of their misery. I, I don't know. I still think there's a way they can exist, but not in that that kind of not not in that kind of traditional format.
0: Yeah, and and that you know, uh, as I said before we, we started recording, that's kind of what I was trying to tell the kids in at school in the journalism classes, like you know, this is not you're kind of being trained by somebody who doesn't know and that's fine because we had to replace the teacher very quickly. Um, but we, you know, we got to try to adapt and do some different stuff. So, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like the book in many ways. You think a book, who reads who reads books these days? You know, people haven't got that attention span. But for me, you know, it, it was always something, I don't know, probably 15 years I wanted to do. But, you know, I... I Perhaps in the past, I didn't have the, the confidence to do it. Um, and then, you know, when you wake up in the night and sometimes you think, oh, yeah, I haven't written that book yet. Yeah, I haven't written that book yet. And it got to a point where, you know, married, young young kids, bills to pay, and you think, you know what, I'm just going to do it, you know? What, what, what's the worst that can happen? I haven't, I, haven't got a, I haven't got a publisher. I've got absolutely no contacts with any of the ex-players. But what's the worst that can happen? I'm, I'm going to have a go at this. And it's funny how... Things can snowball when you start going down that 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 road. Really, I was quite lucky that a lot of the players from the 70s who played for Saints not only are they still alive and well, but a lot of them are still living in the area. And the internet does play a big part. You, know? you you put something out, people know people, and one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden you've got a bit of a bit of a, um, a snowball effect, and things started really you know gaining momentum. Quite, to be quite honest with you, I was amazed no one had, had done the book before because it just seemed such an obvious story, you know. Not only was it our only trophy, our only major trophy. A lot of fans are going, like, "Hold on, we won the, the Johnson's Paint Trophy in 2010." We're talking about major honours: the FA Cup, the Premier League, or the League Cup. Just the one, one in 132 years, and here's this guy. No one really knows anything about him, really. So that's one thing. Oh, okay. And he he passed away. That's, that's kind of sad. Oh, and what's that? He played, he's from the local, he's from the rival town and you've got these three things. You think, why the hell has no one, there's no one written about it? The only thing I could kind of guess was a lot of the books about saints or about Pompey tend to be exclusively about one or the other. And to write this, you'd have to write about both. And you know what the rivalry's like these days. It's got a bit out of hand recently. It's like uh, you're either in this camp, the Saints, or you're in Portsmouth. To kind of go in between's a bit subversive, almost. But for me, that became the hook of the book because you know he's the man from Portsmouth who scored Southampton's most famous goal, and straight away you get people, you get a bit of interest. And I always think back to when I was starting up with this little blog to try and. Uh, to kind of document what I was doing, to kind of draw attention to it as I was going. I just had a photograph of uh, Bobby Stokes in Portsmouth, in Paulsgrove, It's just outside the city. It's a pretty, you know, it's not the sort of state you want to go to if you're a Saints fan, really. And it's all these people lining the streets the day after the cup final to to welcome him home. And I put that on there and I got a massive response. It was shared something like 600 times on Facebook and people were contacting me saying, you know what? I was a Saints fan. I grew up in Portsmouth in the seventies, and I, I I used to have to wear my shirt underneath my my jacket, or I'd get beaten up. But <laughs> I was a Portsmouth fan, and my two older brothers are. But we grew up here, and I supported Saints. And all of a sudden, what you know, what you hear? Oh well, if you're Saints, you're Saints. If you Portsmouth, you Portsmouth, all of a sudden, just one little photograph and blog post kind of debunked that myth. And it was quite it was quite fun. Um, you start hearing about. Sometimes families who are split, but then at the same time, if you if you did wear a Saint shirt, a red or white shirt in Portsmouth High Street, it's really not a good idea. So don't, no, no. one get the wrong idea. Right, right. You, you'd certainly learn how fast you can run. <laughs> it, I mean, it, you might not get actually at physically attached, but you would certainly be made, be made to feel quite anxious. Something. You know, and uh, that
0: that stuff happens here a little bit. You know, since I started watching. Uh you know, the Premier League in Southampton, Portsmouth haven't really been, uh, relevant, you know, they've been, they've been down. No, so well, I've never, I've never. Like,
1: no, it's like, uh, ships passing in the night. I mean, 20, 21 listening, just so they know, obviously there's, I don't know, 15, 20 miles between the cities. And up until about 950, you know, Portsmouth were, a, they're a pretty big club, you know, then they sort of kind of got relegated through the leagues and Saints went up and then vice versa. And, you know, they've if they won the FA Cup in 2008. I mean, a lot of Saints fans will, will say, oh, yeah, they kind of had a very unsustainable model. They're playing a lot of their players of fortune and they didn't have the infrastructure to support that. And then they've just sunk like a stone to the um, what's now called League Two, which is the lowest professional, lowest professional division in, in England. I mean, they've still got a big fan base and who knows, maybe uh, they're in the promotion places now maybe they'll get promoted. For me personally I I, I enjoy the derby. I enjoy the derby match. So I think it's healthy when they're in the top division but obviously for that to happen they've got to enjoy some success to get there which is probably difficult for a lot of Saints fans to, uh, to justify but no doubt our paths will cross again Quite soon but it be in one of the cups
0: perhaps yeah i guess it would be difficult for most saints fans to say yeah i really want portsmouth to to come back up and because that means like you said they have to get yeah you know, they, they have to go promote it from league yeah. two promote it from league one and then promote it from the championship and from what i you know from reading and, and just kind of listening i guess the, the championship especially is is difficult to get out of um, oh yeah i mean um, I,
1: I mean again to put that into context when saints got really i was really lucky when i, I was born in 1978 and Saints, I think, got promoted back to what was the Division One, the old Premier League then, and they got so I didn't get relegated until 2005. So all I knew was top level football. Then all of a sudden we went down and we were in administration. As it there almost talk of well, we're going to have to just liquidate the club and maybe some volunteers will just start a a club at the local park and we'll we'll bring it back up again. Luckily, then Marcus Lever came in, but at that time. Marcus Stevie came in, came in, so invested in the club and you know put the foundations in what we have now. But at that time, I was thinking we well, might never get back to the Premier League in my lifetime. And that wasn't that was sad, but at the same time, you've got your club, you support them, you know whatever. It's not like, uh, and we still retained a lot of our uh, a lot of our fan base, but naturally now we're now we're back in the Premier League, you know. It, it, it's different, and it kind of has a different feel to it. And the Portsmouth particularly, there. they've got, um, I think, in, well, England, we call it like the prawn sandwich brigade. Back in, back in I think, the 1990s, Roy Keane, a very famous Man United player, and they were dominating the game. He'd get a bit irritated that the atmosphere at Old Trafford wasn't always electric, and he'd say there's too many of the, the prawn sandwich brigade, people who come coming into the corporate boxes who were there on a... Kind of a jolly, rather as a fan, just drink eating the eating the meal provided by the club, and not really passionate about the ground. That that does kind of happen a little bit when you when you get to the Premier League. I know, like uh, uh, a lot of teams in London suffer from that, where you just get a lot of tourists coming, and obviously we want fans to come along, but if it's just people to come along, I think this has happened in Liverpool quite a lot. People come along to take a selfie of themselves up the ground, right. Rather than like, come on! If you're going to come, at least focus your energies into supporting the team. So it's, but uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of how football's gone. You know, is it, a very commercial sport. We're probably a little bit behind the times in terms of American sports, in terms of how commercial it is. But um, again, going back to Bobby Stokes' days when we won the FA Cup in 1976, I mean, it's it's, it's like a different planet now. It's like a different planet. Things have changed so much.
0: Yeah, in L.A. especially, we have we have we have fans like that. It's uh, L.A. fans typically they show up in the third inning of a baseball game and they leave in the seventh inning because they want to beat the traffic or get out of there. And yeah. uh, you know, obviously, the more a team wins, the more fans you have just kind of show up out of nowhere. Um, but it, at least in, uh, in in professional baseball, you have quite a few. If you go to Yankee Stadium, if you go to L.A., if you go to San Francisco, to a lesser extent, you have people who show up who. You know they can maybe name the one or two superstars and that's it and that and that's kind of is the way it goes until they get till teams get to the playoffs and once teams get to the playoffs um then the atmosphere is really you know electric at most of these places but uh up until then you know you can go to some of these professional sporting events and it in you got people spending more time trying to figure out what they're going to drink than uh you know paying attention to the to, to the game or what's going on so
1: yeah i, I can see parallels to that i mean in what you'll find in England is there is, uh, you get a lot of people who spend a lot of time and money following the team home and away all games, which is a huge commitment. So for them, you can see their point of view. If people are jumping on the bandwagon when a team's doing well, then there's always a certain level of cynicism for what their, uh, motivation is for, for doing so. I, I, I could say I'm aware of that. And, uh,
0: my, one of my biggest hesitations with, uh, doing the the podcast is I was afraid that somebody would say like, you know, who, who, who are you to to do this? You know, you're like, you're not, I, cause I'm not the lifelong Southampton fan. It's been, you know, kind of the, the culmination of my son's kind of, uh, desire to play soccer. And that kind of just coincided with, uh, you know, NBC and, it, and in the, the States really dumping a lot of money into premier league coverage. And I mean, I think I can watch more matches than than you guys can in, in the UK. You know, I imagine you probably
1: can. This is this is the I think the plus side of uh, globalization, if you like, because you know, if this was going back when I was a kid, the idea of me calling you on the landline, my dad would be having a fit on the the costs on the telephone bill. Yeah, obviously we're on we're on Skype now, so we can we can talk. And I think people um, I think people welcome new fans if they're enthusiastic. I mean, I was the same with the, with the book, you know. I, I wasn't even alive when Saints won the FA Cup. And there was an element of, of me thinking, uh, well, yeah, what, what, what will people think? I mean, who am I to write the book? Because if I'd done it again now, I probably would have had more confidence to, um, as and as when I was meeting all the different people from then and now and family, you know you can you can write something about that, maybe you just do a thirty second video and put it out there on your on Twitter or whatever, not just from the selfish perspective of gaining more followers, but kind of actually really get the word out there of the book and build a real community around it. so there's so much opportunity the internet provides and and I think it's it's no coincidence that the football clubs understand this. It wasn't that long ago that Saints website was kind of like this identical template website that all all clubs had and they were kind of, if I recall, getting you to kind of pay a premium to watch some of the highlights. Uh-huh. That's, all gone, that's all gone now. I mean, they do a fantastic job, Saints, on their their media side. So if you're not actually at the game, there's, there's plenty of stuff you can tune into to get a real feel of what's going on at the club. I think all clubs, not just in football, but in sport, are, are cottoning onto that. They're able to you use the inter- internet to make to really document what's going on every day and make fans feel a real part of it. I think it's fantastic, actually.
0: I, for one, have really benefited from it and enjoyed it. You know, and even when I first started watching, it was, uh, you know, uh, my buddy was my, my my buddy. I think I talk about him too often. Sometimes he's the Arsenal fan, so he's he was into this before I was, and so he would We've be all like, got "An Arsenal
1: fan." Is that is that how that it goes?
0: Way. Okay, all right. Yeah,
1: they're everywhere.
0: Um, so he's like, you know, on, on Arsenal's website, the Arsenal player, you can watch either the 20 minute match or, or the first half or the highlights or, or whatever. And so we would, that's what we would do is because, um, any, any games that take place, um, at night for you guys, like midweek, that's terrible for us because it's, it's usually either 1145 or a noon kickoff for here in this, here in California. And that's just, as a teacher, that's not going to happen, you know? (laughs) So we, uh, now this, this, this year I can kind of you know, take my lunch whenever I wanted. And I was lucky enough to, you know, take my lunch during the second half of the Barcelona PSG game yesterday. Um, oh, that was good timing. Yeah, it was. It, and I knew it was on. And so I, you know, I enjoyed myself and, and I might've yelled and somebody came in the room to make sure I was all right. Cause I, I kind of <laughs> let out a gasp when the, uh, that last one went in. But, um, so yeah, we would, you know, we would watch the game on replay afterwards and it would be fantastic. And I remember trying to do it, um, for a couple of Southampton matches and you had to pay, you know, it was like, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta do this. And now even just, you know, two or three years later, it's all, it's all there. You can, I, I listened to the radio if they're, when we were playing uh, in the Europa league, I, I had it on and.
1: Uh, oh, via the website. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Cause that means you get, um, obviously it's BBC, but it's the local BBC footage. So you've got Adam Blackmore.
0: Right. Right. It's
1: the commentary. I think that's a really, a really clever thing they've done there actually. Yeah. Putting that on there a really clever thing. I think that's really cool that people around the world can listen to that. I think that's really
0: good. Yeah. And you know, nobody's going to say anything. If somebody, my boss walks in the room and uh, I have have the radio on, no, he's not saying anything. If I have music playing, it's fine. But if he comes in and I'm, I got a video screen, you know, video feed up on my, you've got the Bud Light on and the, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to cause an issue, isn't
0: it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great. And I mean, the commentary is fantastic and, and it's good for me, I think. To uh, it's helped me a little bit because I can, yeah, I have to imagine the game sometimes, and and I can do that with baseball, and and doing it for soccer is uh, is something that's been, it it it, it takes some getting used to for me, and it, it, I think it's good for me as a as a fan
1: just to kind of yeah, do that. I, I agree. I, I mean, I I love football on the radio. I think I'm I'm pretty sure Tom Waits wasn't referring to football, but he always said one of his favorite. Uh, sounds or noises was a, a ball game on the radio so football kind of counts i think uh there's something about this especially on a transistor radio because uh you, you i don't know what it is maybe it's good I don't, I don't know what it is but there's definitely something magical about doing that definitely um
0: so how i mean how have things changed after you wrote the book has there been much of a, a difference for you personally or is it was it kind of when you were done with it was it um you know, because sometimes when I start things, it's like, oh, you get super excited. And then, you know, somewhere in the middle, you're just like, what am I doing? Like, am I done yet? And then when you get done, yeah. it's either it's a sense of accomplishment or maybe it's just I'm glad I'm done with it. So how how what was that like for you?
1: Well, I don't think it will ever go away now, Matthew, because um, Bobby Stokes has still made a unique contribution to the club. So it's I, I, I'll explain in sort of three stages. It was me. Yeah, I was going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just try and find all these people and talk to them. And I was so involved in that, I kind of lost a year just writing it. And then all of a sudden I I was, you know, using things like Twitter. I was a bit more confident and word got out. And then it all led up to having the launch at the club at St Mary's on the 40th anniversary. And it, it was really, it was really cool. But I think in hindsight, when it was all finished, when I'd finished actually writing it, I was a little bit lost actually, because I so enjoyed I so enjoyed putting it together. The whole promotion thing was cool; it got a lot of cool stuff, you know, radio and TV. But the reality is, the favourite bit was actually writing it, and I felt a little bit like um, the only analogy I can think of is someone who's been on a, on a on a war and then comes back to civilian life. It takes a little bit of a while getting getting used to it. So, I definitely. I guess what I'm trying to say, I'd love to write another one, but obviously the thing is you've got to, to use another sports cliche, you've got to be a hundred percent because if you, if you like most, like most writers, most writers, you know, they've got full-time jobs and responsibilities. You know, you've got to, you've got to find other ways to make it work. Like get, get up at very early like you have now. And, um, I kind of do kind of, yeah, I, I I kind of miss it. I kind of miss the writing of it. It was, it was, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. And,
0: and so it has I mean you do a lot of writing for your for your job as well but is this is writing maybe you know some way for you to get that creative energy kind of out oh, there yeah, or different.
1: I mean don't get me wrong I I enjoy my work I'm lucky but um but anyone working in public relations or anything like that there's a whole process involving lots of different people whereas the book it was just me just my idea I'll I'll find the people I'll I'll find the publisher I'll write it I'll I'll find how to get married. I'll set up a I'll set up a uh, a launch at the stadium. It, it was all on me, so I think that's satisfying. Not not because it went well, but because good or bad, it's it's my work. And there was something very uh, very satisfying, very liberating about that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. In terms of family life and stuff like that, was it hard to kind of manage all that stuff, or was did it
1: you know? <laughs> I just decided at a certain point that, you know, I didn't need to sleep. Maybe for 20, 2015, I could just cut it out of my life. The uh, I only had you know, married. I've got two kids now. Actually, it was it was almost perfect because my wife was pregnant again. As I was getting into the, I'd done a lot of the interview and it was it was I'd got the publisher and it was I'd set myself a date September. 20, what was it now? September. Uh, i have to be careful now. I forgot. I forgot when my son was born. September twenty fifteen is is uh, the day I've got to finish this book. That's when my, my second child was born, and my time's going to disappear. But up until then, my wife she had the she had the sickness. You know, she wasn't feeling good pregnant. So by about seven seven thirty, my daughter was asleep. She was going to bed feeling terrible. So I had the whole evening. So I'd go from about eight o'clock to maybe one one or two in the morning. You know, four or five days a week. Just right. So I had, I had this special window. Whereas now, it'd be, it's sort of there's a bit of serendipity. It, it'd be it be more difficult now. I'm not sure. I'd probably have to just, yeah. You know, I think it would probably push me over the edge now. It's certainly um. There's no doubt about it. Looking back, it did definitely take its toll. You know, I got into a few bad habits with a, uh, you know, the gin and tonic and drinking coffee late at night. But um sometimes. When you want to get something done.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's the
1: phrase? you got to break, you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about it.
0: Yeah, I, I can relate to the, uh, I prefer vodka, but uh, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I understand where, kind of where you're coming from. You know, you can do that for, for, a, for a time, and I think it was, it's probably good for you to set that, that end date and just make sure you get it done. Because I think the, there's the danger, of course, of, of kind of making that a lifelong habit, which, which wouldn't be. Which would be great. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't think I was
1: not built to last. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Yeah, you know, we're very often to different topic. here, but I mean, it kind of plays into the, you know, people who watch Saints. A lot of them have got a family. Sometimes they take their family. Sometimes they don't. and That's the weekend gone. They're committed to that. And like the book, I was, I was committed to that. And you know, you might be doing well at work, and you're committed to the book. But what about your home life? You know, something's always got to give. Right. So, it was it was a great thing to do, but not something I could sustain forever.
0: Right. And I mean, and like we said earlier, um, you know, some people probably assume you were just, you're a writer and that's what you do. And that's, you know, this is just part of your job, but this is all, you know, this is all extra. You
1: know, it, it was all new. I mean, I was, I joked with saints on Twitter. I said, it was very, it was very, um, very considerate of you and the club to get to a cup final the year after my book was published. Cause obviously it's about the most famous goal the club has scored. And they, Jokes and said, oh, it would be great if we, if we win, a, you know, win on win the league cup. We can write another book. Sadly, we we didn't. But yeah, I mean, and a lot of the press have had because Saints played Man United again in the cup final. What was it? Two, three weeks ago. Now seems like ages ago. Yeah. There was a lot of extra interest in the book, and a lot of times I had to get it described as author or local journalist, and it just makes me laugh because yes. You know I took it seriously and it's something I, I've spent a lot of time doing writing and I've been committed to doing it but to see myself described as, as that just made me laugh because it's uh, the the perception and the reality are always different right. whereas what I'm trying to say is you know like you with the podcast and me with the book probably a lot of people could could do things they want to do if they just set their mind to it at the same time there's the flip side that's not saying everyone can go into to Pop Idol and, and be Michael Jackson <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know not everyone can do that but I don't know. Maybe uh, you, you can't be that pop idol number one best selling artist. Maybe you could be a producer who helps make people make music or do a great website about them. There's always something you could do in your life, probably that you've got the talent or skill to do that give you a lot of satisfaction. That I think a lot of people could could tap into that into their life more often. I think.
0: Yeah, I think as long as people are you know passionate about about stuff, they, I kind of encourage all my students to to do it and. And this is one of those instances, you know, the podcast is one of those instances where uh, I had students say like, well, are you going to do it? Or are you just going to talk about it? And it's like, well, well, crap. <laughs> they called you out. yeah, they did.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh,
0: and, and now they laugh at me when the, you know, they said, you put out another episode cause it's Tuesday. And I say, yeah. And they, they just laugh and they, I, every once in a while I get, uh, the kids will walk into my room and they'll just have it playing. And I'm just like, ah, you know, I don't want to hear myself on your, on your phone like that. You know, they're just, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun.
1: Oh, there's a bit of accountability at, at the workplace. I like that. Yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, i you know I follow you on Twitter, and you've been you're training for something, right?
1: I'm training. You know, Southampton's got a, a full marathon. April, I think it's 23rd. yeah, St George's Day. Uh, a full marathon, a half marathon, and a 10k. So I'm training for the, the half marathon. And there's loads of there's oh, loads Jesus. of Saints fans. There's loads of Saints fans doing various events. Just so happened to be running for the saints foundation and that's the charity that's directly plugged into the to the football club so I'll, I'll be honest with you though matthew this training's not going as well as i i thought it would you know I, I used to play football a lot for years and years you know family and work commitments but i had to hang my boots up and i went out you know what it's like um you, you come home and you put the kids to bed and stuff like that. by the time i went out for a run it was like quarter to ten at night and uh I was struggling, so it's going to be a bit of a struggle. But it's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be loads of Saints fans running it. Loads of Saints fans.
0: How did you get How did you get hooked up with the uh, with the Saints Foundation and uh, and doing that?
1: Do you know what it was? I mean when you when you live in some when you live in a place like Southampton, your whole life it's a city, but it's not that big. And um, a few people on, uh, funnily enough, a few people on Twitter mentioned they were doing it and suggested I should. And I just so happened to know a couple of the guys who work for the foundation, so it was as simple as that, really. Simple as that. I've got a bit of work to do though to get to get match fit to run it.
0: If I could be of any encouragement, I I'll, I'll give you that encouragement. I, I want you to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be all right. I'll, I'll have a waddle around the last. I reckon I could do. I could. I could certainly do most of it now. I've got a bit of time to get fit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good for. The, it's it's another good thing for the city, you know, to have like a, a full marathon different events it's pretty cool yeah so
0: you were talking about Southampton now is Southampton kind of uh as I mean I've looked at it on on Google Maps and everything else but um is it a fairly compact city or is it kind of spread out or
1: yeah well this is where it varies from Portsmouth Portsmouth's pretty much almost an island so it's quite packed in Southampton you've got a lot of boroughs a lot of boroughs so the city center itself is pretty small quite small but okay. it sort of spreads. It sort of spreads out. So you've got places like you know, you know Shirley and Millbrook and Eastley and, and Hedge End that all kind of surround it. So if if you if you go if you go right in on there on Google Maps, you've got even as far as the, you get a lot of Saints fans in the New Forest. Further to the um, further to the west, you get a lot of Saints fans. You know, even even in sort of Wiltshire, Salisbury area. Okay. It's quite a big catchment area.
0: All right. All Once you
1: start getting to sort of Junction 11 of the M27 towards Portsmouth, then you know best to uh, put your coat on if you've got a red and white shirt on. All
0: right, I'll, I'll keep that in mind if I'm ever uh, <laughs> in the area. I
1: tell you what, we've, we've you've just given me an idea for all these global Saints fans. If they visit the area, there should be an app. When it's acceptable, it should maybe make a noise. If you're wearing a saint shirt, making noise. When to put a coat on? When to cover <laughs> What areas? Yeah, because well, you know you might you know you could get yourself into trouble otherwise. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah, see, for for me, living where I live, I live kind of right on the the breaking point of of San Francisco Giants territory and Dodger territory. Okay, uh, yeah, I know so, them both. It's, uh, you, you go about 30 minutes North and there's this big pass. You got to go over in that big pass, but it's, it's, it's rough on the, on the little cars. You got to go over it. And then once you get to the other side, that's all giant territory for sure. But right where we were, it's kind of in the middle, you know? Yeah.
1: You learn, you learn from the hard way. If, if worst case scenario with these things, with sports rivalries, you learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So are you, are you doing any, uh, are you, are you doing any fundraising for the saints foundation through this, this, uh, marathon half marathon, uh, yeah, or... I am. I've
1: got, I've got, the, I've got the traditional Just Giving page. I just put up the other day. I mean, being typically English, I'm almost embarrassed to 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 mention it. But yeah, I think uh, there's something on my Twitter page. It's what was it? slash fundraising mark 76 Really catchy URL there. Yeah, but It's yeah. on my, it's on my, tw- it's on my Twitter page. Like I said, there's, there's a few other Saints fans doing it. So it's um another sort of kind of social event for Saints fans. It's a time in, in, in the UK, particularly Southampton. April is quite a nice month. Not too hot, not too cold. Nice bit of sunshine. Nice little tour of the city. Maybe, maybe for your maybe I should get myself one of those GoPros. So you can, uh, if I stick it on my head when I'm running the, the event, you can uh, get a feel for the city. <laughs> that could catch on. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. I'd, I'd, I mean,
0: I've, half marathon's a little bit of a long way. I don't know if I watch the whole thing, but I'd definitely be there for some of it.
1: Well, I could like, um, speed it up. Like, that, there you go. speed motion camera. So it'd be like 30 yeah. time seconds. Time
0: lapse, time lapse.
1: Time lapse. That's it. Otherwise it would be, you know, unsufferably dull. Yeah. If it was just me, <laughs> the sort of sound of this man, sort of like sighing, Huffing and puffing. Catching his breath. Yeah. It would be, it would be dreadful.
0: Okay. So I've just looked up the, uh, the average weather for April for Southampton. And, uh, Fifty-five. That's I'd be okay with that, but a lot of people where I live, that's like a uh, that's winter time <laughs>
1: temperature for us. Oh well, yeah, California. We're, yeah, let's, we're, let's get the context here. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be you know in England traditionally April showers. So it might, it might you might get it's a kind of season you could get all weathers. It might be a bit sunny, might be a bit rainy, might be a bit windy. Who knows? You need to you need to wear your layers. That's the key.
0: Right now, this this is traditionally baseball season in in uh in in the states, and um uh, it's always where we live. This is this is cold. The wind is cold, um but I mean by cold I mean it's you know it's fifty five degrees, um, yeah. Uh, but it, we're just we're just spoiled. That's all.
1: You definitely are. Well, it's very nice here in summer. We we have a nice summers.
0: Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, that is uh one of the things I looked up. Southampton is reported to have the most uh, sunny days in all of England, which is something that I. Is that right? That That's what, well, that's that I saw that. I read that somewhere when I was looking up because it took me some time to choose Southampton. It, it I, I didn't just uh, go. Yep, was but, that the deal breaker, Matthew?
1: Was that the deal breaker?
0: It, you being from
1: California, I guess it, that
0: makes a lot of sense. It, it, was, it was, it was, it was definitely a, <laughs> it was definitely a, a big, a big, a bigger deal. It was, uh, and, and like I, I looked at, you know, can I get there? Is it, is it possible for me to get there if I fly into, you know, LA to London, that, that flight's not terribly expensive. Um, And for the most part, you can get direct. And sometimes, sometimes you got to stop off in Iceland or whatever. But whatever.
1: Um, oh yeah, I mean, once you get to Gatwick or Heathrow, it's it's not far to Southampton. I mean, we'll, we'll whisper it in terms of like you know summer highlights. You're better off going down to Bournemouth way. They've got the nice beaches. Okay. So you you wouldn't really want to go for a swim in Southampton. It's all sort of the docks. But, okay. Bit um, more a bit more, uh, more blue collar. Okay. But but we're not far no you got the coast we're on the coast and then uh yeah and then
0: uh, and, and it really did help that I, I don't really like the color blue a whole lot the the high school i went to and that i teach at were the saints so it, that that all kind of went well that's weird yeah
1: there's, there's some this and yeah okay that's interesting
0: and then and then the academy system was a big deal too because uh the houston astros are pretty good at uh developing players and when i kind of looked at all the players that have come through the academy that was a that was a that was probably the biggest deal to me is that we don't the team just doesn't go out and buy the big star all the time and they can they can bring in some of their own and that, that to me is uh was important.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I, I like that about the club. It's got something that other others haven't. So I will I'll put that
0: the link to your just giving page in the in the show notes and you know, try to get some people to uh contribute.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks Matthew. I'll um I'll have to let my Saints supporting fans know you're on Twitter. So here's a is a bloke from California who's a big Saints fan get him to
0: follow you yeah and any uh any feedback that, that anybody has i'll I'll take there was a guy who tweeted me yesterday and I'll have to I'll put his name on here at some point but um he tweeted me and just said hey just so you know it's not
1: so what so you cut out there Matthew. what did he say
0: oh he told me uh, I've been pronouncing um portsmouth the the, the you know they call him Pom- I, I was calling them Pompeii like the <laughs> Italian city and he said no no no, that's no.
1: brilliant it's Pompeii. You should, you, you should just keep doing that that's hilarious, but th- I like this because you're you're learning about it from just seeing it you know on 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 print you you haven't had the benefit of growing up with it so i love that different that different different angle you're coming at it from because if you went (laughs) yeah you could get yourself in all sorts of trouble that's hilarious that's hilarious and and the guy was the guy was the guy was super nice he's like i
0: don't want to be that guy but it's pronounced this way and i was like no thank you because otherwise you know i'm just gonna you know 10 years down the road i'm gonna be saying it the same way and
1: or maybe you know, you've maybe you've inadvertently started something. Whereas in, you know the traditionally football in the U.S. is called soccer. Maybe when Saints play Portsmouth in America, particularly California, it'll be known as Saints versus Pompeii. Maybe purely from your mispronunciation, it might catch on.
0: Oh, I can only hope. You know, and <laughs> and I, my my response to him was, well, I just kind of wanted them to get you know buried. That maybe that's why. And uh, yeah, nice and, nice segue. But yeah, I tried. <laughs> I was trying to save myself at that point. <laughs> But um yeah, I don't know. I and I I just wanted to say again, I I really appreciate you you doing this. This has been this this whole experience kind of uh I can see some parallels between you writing the book and 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 me doing this and just all of the different people that I've met have been have been pretty fantastic and it's uh I couldn't I couldn't have imagined it was going to go this well.
1: Oh no, good luck with it. It's good it's cool to think someone like I said someone in California is doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh would it be okay to maybe, you know, uh, chat with you again at a later date? Would that be all right? Yeah, of course. Pleasure. All right, all right. Um anything else that you wanted to uh to talk about or anything or um
1: nothing springs to my Matthew, no.
0: Okay. All right. Well um I will uh, you got some time to keep training and we'll uh we'll probably try to keep an an eye on that on your Twitter feed and stuff like that. I'll and, let you know. uh, and then also, um, What's the best place for people to get a copy of of the Bobby Stokes book? If they're in America,
1: or just generally, it's it's Amazon, really. Okay. It's Amazon. I mean, I, I think it is actually on Amazon.com, but on Amazon you can you can get it on paperback, you can get it on Kindle. For those in the UK, you can actually just go to good old-fashioned Waterstones. Uh, you guys
0: have actual bookstores in there. <laughs>
1: we still uh, we still have a few actual bookstores but i think i think uh, from what i've heard from the publisher most you know the biggest sales are off um off our friends at amazon the guys who don't pay their taxes hey Uh-oh. not not i don't like amazon i like amazon i buy books from amazon but they uh yeah you can get it off there
0: honestly i had planned on talking to you a bit later in the season i was going to try to read the book before and then it just came up like this just seemed to work so
1: uh, no worries. We can always we can always chat again at another time.
0: Absolutely. I am. Uh, I, I look forward to it.
1: Okay. Well, thanks, Matthew. Really appreciate you thinking of me for this, and uh, I really enjoyed it.
0: No, no, no problem. And uh, you know, have a great rest of the day at work. It's uh, thanks for your time, and uh, I, you know, just you know, good luck to you and and your family. I hope everybody's well. Thanks, mate. Take it easy. Speak to you soon. See ya. Bye. And that was my conversation with Mark Sanderson, author of the Bobby Stokes book, "The Man from Portsmouth," who scored Southampton's most famous goal. And I hope that you found uh, the entire conversation uh, pretty enlightening. It is so interesting to me to hear about the the rivalry and about the uh, how it all kind of blends into one another. Because the, the two biggest rivals that that I have where we live uh, or where I live is uh, you know the Dodgers and the Giants, and and those teams are almost you know they're eight or nine hours apart from one another. Um, doesn't mean that we don't have still clashes uh, 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 between fans. We even had a, a fan, a Giants fan, pass away uh, a few years back as a result of a beating that he received outside of Dodger Stadium. It's just so so different to to go 20 minutes down the road and have another, you know, I hate to say this, but major team uh, down the road. We just don't have that. I'm um, here, and the Dodgers and the Angels are in, you know, one's in LA, one's in Anaheim, but. They uh they're in different leagues and they they maybe play each other once or twice a year and it's never really that that big of a a thing. So um anyway uh you can find links to to Amazon to find the book in the show notes. So be sure to to check it out. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on uh, on on hardcover paperback one of the two, uh, and, and be sure to, uh, to check it out if you, if you haven't, uh, and if you do have it, be sure to, to write him a review on Amazon. It helps, um, it helps to uh, make the book, you know, sell a little bit better. And that, that, that helps out a fellow saints fan. And, and, you know, there you go. Mark is also running in the ABP, uh, Southampton marathon, half marathon and 10 K he'll be running the half marathon on behalf of the saints foundation. So if you are looking to, support a, a cause or you, you know you don't have a charity that you like to donate to um the the saints foundation is directly connected to the southampton football club and there's a link in the show notes and on mark's twitter page which is at bobby stokes book um where you can sign up and give realize not everybody can do that but if you're in the in the, in the position to be able to uh, to do that and you feel so inclined um I'm sure Mark and the rest of the Southampton foundation would uh, would appreciate it. So, that that pretty much does it for for this week. And uh I, I hope you enjoyed the uh the, the show and I look forward to to bringing you more. Next week, next week we'll be back with part 2 of our interview with Mark. We'll talk more about the team and uh I'll hopefully have another guest on to uh break down the the Tottenham match. Hopefully we go into that match and uh come away with with three points. Um I did read something by the ugly inside this week. About the travel to Tottenham, uh, so just be safe, uh, take your time. Doesn't sound like it's a, a very easy place to get to, and it doesn't sound like the new stadium is going to solve really, really any of that. So, um, be safe. Hopefully, there's no clashes of uh, between fans like there was uh, before the the Millwall game. But I think uh, that's a that's a different thing. So, hopefully, hopefully none of that happens. But uh, for everybody that's out there, thank you for listening. Uh, I just want to remind you that you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. Um, you can also find it on ACAST, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, or Google Play. Uh, it's also, this as of this week, on the Podmosphere. So if you're interested in that, that'd be fine. And um, here in America, at least, one of the, one of the public radio uh, stations is doing something called Tripod. So if you have uh, this show, you think this show is good, you have a few people you want to share it with, uh, use the hashtag Tripod, T-R-Y-P-O-D, and uh, recommend the show. And that will help um, spread the show a little bit more. And uh, you know, if you have other podcasts you listen to, uh, you can do that uh as well. That would be uh that would be great. So um if you have any feedback for the show, you can always find us on Twitter at SFC Del Ivery. That's at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I V E R Y. And um, speaking of feedback, I have two comments that I wanted to uh make sure I, I referenced here, and one of them goes to uh or it comes from Tommy Atkins, who is at Chet underscore manly one. And he tweeted me and very politely just said like, I don't want to be that guy, but you're pronouncing it wrong. And by it, it's not Pompeii like the city in Italy that was buried by a volcano. It's Pompeii. And I didn't know that. And, uh, Tommy, I just I appreciate you correcting me. Cause I would have gone on for about 10, 10, years or so, uh, saying it Pompeii. And, uh, I, I can't, Thank you enough. And I appreciate also the way you did it and not being uh, completely rude because you could have just made me feel like a total moron, but you didn't. So thank you, Tommy. I appreciate it. Uh, that that's an example of a really helpful comment, really some really good feedback. Uh, he also commented that he was enjoying the show, um, which was nice. Uh, that makes me feel good about the show. It makes me you know want to keep uh, doing a good job. The other comment uh, was from a guy named Omar. He left it on Podbean, which is where the show was actually hosted, so even if you get it on iTunes, uh, the show is hosted on a, on a site called called Podbean. Omar commented on there from Facebook and he um, said that he likes the way my voice sounds, and he 's going to listen in the shower and that That comment came back from like episode seven so um, that 's an example of a comment that I probably don 't need any more detail on, but uh, you know whatever man, it makes me laugh and uh however you listen wherever you listen just be careful uh don't drop your phone in the shower because that would not uh that would not be so so great so that's pretty much going to do it for this episode of the show we'll be back next week with uh, more of our interview with mark and to break down the tottenham game and you know be sure to subscribe to our feed on itunes so you do an episode all that stuff and uh you know until next time remember that together we march on